This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, welcome into the Sing Truth Podcast. Mark Slurth alongside Mike Evans, still in Alaska. Head out today to call the uh, Green Bay Packers Seattle last preseason game. But uh, as of right now, I got one day left in Alaska. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I have loved getting pictures from you this week. You literally have a zoo. In your yeah, backyard, yeah. you've sent me photos uh, that have moose, mooses, mises. Mm-hmm. Me, uh, yeah, B- big bear was in your backyard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom stink style. Yes, menagerie. Uh, isn't that what they call a zoo? Menagerie. Uh, yeah, it's it, it was like the moose. Like I had this kindred spirit with moose because this moose was laying there, and uh, she had little. She had her. She had her. Uh, what do you call that? Her calf. I, I think it's a calf, right? Her baby. So anyhow, but bottom line, Mike, her shoulders, she was just like yoked. <laughs> like all she'd been in the gym is benching and doing shoulders, skinny little legs. I am built identical to a moose, just giant upper body. So moose skinny is your little legs. Animal. Moose is your yeah, spirit moose, animal. Moose is my spirit animal. Um <laughs> She's um, unbelievable. She was so put together. And then the, the uh, we had a black bear, probably 200-pound black bear, uh, just foraging up, eating bird seed, and just looking at us like, what are you guys going to do? Nothing. And I was like, I'll wrestle your ass down to the ground and pin you is what I'll do. It's a high school state champion up here. You know that, don't you? That's how you got to be a state champion by uh, That's wrestling right. bears. Practicing. Wrestling bears. Yeah, it was uh, – it, it's just been a it's been an awesome week. This is the first day of rain we've had. It's been beautiful sunshine, you know, 65, 70 degrees. It's just been gorgeous. What a great week we had. Well, good. Well, a lot of a lot of business, a lot of things happening. Let's start with what's going on in San Francisco. Sam Darnold has won the backup quarterback position to to Brock Purdy. That leaves Trey Lance's future uh, in complete limbo. So, what what happened there? Why didn't Trey Lance work out? And where does he go now? Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting question. I don't know, like, I don't know that he'll stay there. I don't know that they'll move on from trade. Like, if they're trying to trade him, I've heard rumors about them trying to trade him. You know, as soon as they signed, as soon as they signed Sam Darnold, it was over, in my mind. And I'd been on a bunch of shows in San Francisco and everything else. Said, well, Sam Darnold will be your backup. He'll win that. He'll win that position over Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I mean, you, you, you think about it, you know, the best indicator of a guy being able to perform is how much he played in college. 
And Trey Lance played, what, 13, 16 games in college at a small school. Um, and I've told you this. Here's, here's, what, here's what happened. What you thought you were getting in Trey Lance is not what you got in Trey Lance. You thought you were going to get this dynamic side-to-side quick movement quarterback. Now, he can run straight line, and he can run fast straight line. But when they got him, he was a lot less like Lamar Jackson you know, and a lot more kind of straight line player. He wasn't he wasn't that movement make you miss guy. So what you thought you were getting, what you thought you were going to get is what we got with um, Anthony Richardson and some of these other guys that are coming in right now. They thought that you'd be able they, they would be able to threaten the edge, set up all the RPO games, set up the zone read game, get to the edge and really make guys miss and put, you know, put defenses in that in that tough position of having to fed all 11 guys, especially in the running game. And what they found out with Trey was they really couldn't get him on the edge. He just wasn't that kind of an athlete. So when they did run him, they really ran him. If you go back and look, I called the game where he broke his ankle. It was week two of last year, San Francisco. Um, it was Seattle at San Francisco. And what they really had had created in the run game was more quarterback counter. And what people don't realize about counter is counter feels like or sounds like it's a wide play, right? Because you're pulling a guy, you're pulling a guard, you're pulling a tackle, or you're pulling a guard and a tight end. One guy's kicking out, the other guy's turning inside of that. And so it attacks the C-gap. But where the counters normally break the big counters, and remember, I played for Washington back in the Redskin days under Joe Gibbs, where counter tray was our, our, our bread and butter. That was our identity. That was our number one play. And the majority of the big ones broke back behind the center. So they're a downhill inside run play. So you, you separate the defense, bam, 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 then you kick out the other side, and then it's that downhill play. And that's what they were running Trey on. They were running him on inside run plays where all that traffic is, all those bodies are. And he ended up breaking his ankle there. And like he was not ready for prime time as a passer. And I'm not saying that he'll never be ready for prime time. But the issue that you get into with all players, and this is indicative of any player that that you think is going to be great and isn't, and some of the players that you didn't realize are going to be great and are, it's your ability to process information quickly. What you see, what comes into your eyes, and how quickly your body reacts is the difference between being good and great, great and Hall of Fame. And there are a lot of guys they can't process quickly enough. And because you can't process quickly enough, it means your reaction to things is slow. doesn't matter how fast you run, how high you jump. If your reaction to what you see is a tick off, you can't play. That's here's how a, it works. Here's a stat for you. Since high school, Trey Lance has thrown 492 passes in a game. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. to your point that he needs to play, so – What's the best situation for him? Well, the best situation for him probably, believe it or not, is to stay in San Francisco and continue to learn. Continue to learn what's going on. Practice against their defense, which is exceptional. And try to become the best player you can be. Try to become the best guy that you can be doing that. And then seeing if there's, you know, San Francisco has this history, guys getting injured. See if there's an opportunity for you um, at some point. Now, I just don't think he's got any value. You gave up three first-rounders for him, right? I don't think there's any value on the open market for a guy that basically you've already given up on in year, what, three? 
you've already said, hey, you're not our guy. As a matter of fact, a guy that's already failed in two places is ahead of you in Sam Darnold. You know, Mike, it, it that going back to that whole kind of concept of how quickly you process information. We've we've all done this in the radio game or in the podcasting world. You get a guy who's unbelievable on paper, meaning you get a writer that you're like you've you've read this guy forever, right? And you're like, man, this dude is so good on paper, and he is one of the great writers. He's so smooth, so articulate, and you're like, man, we got to get him on this article about whoever. It's the best article I've ever read. And then you get the guy on and he stammers through and you're like, dick, 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 you know, can't speak. And, and you're like, note to self, don't ever ask that guy to come on a radio program again. Now, is that guy stupid? No, he's incredibly smart. He's unbelievably smart, but he does not have the skill set to articulate the verbal word. He articulates the written word. And some guys don't have the skill set to take that information in and instantly make a decision. You know, I always tell people this. You think about going into any game plan, any game plan that you have. So you go in and let's say you have, I'm just going to make it simple for math purposes, right? Because you know my math skills are not good. They're not, not good at all. So um, let's say you have 10 running plays and let's say you have 10 forms of, of pass protection or, or things that you're going to run in the passing game, just the, this offensive line centric. Okay. So in those 10 running plays, you, you run against, let's, let's say you're running against a three, four front that has a reduction. Let's say they run a four, three, let's say they run a, you know, an over front of 57, uh, they run 55 or they run an under front 25, you know, they, they have all these different fronts. Um, they have their nickel fronts. They have a 4-2 nickel. They have a king nickel. They have a queen nickel. They have a 4-1 nickel. They have a 3-3 nickel. Like the, Okay, so I just gave you a bunch of different defenses. So <clears throat> let's say those 10 plays you're running, um, you're running them against a variation of 10 different defenses. And that defense can shift at a moment's notice. So you can be in the middle of your cage, blue AD, blue AD. And right, right when you go set hut, just before you get set hut, the whole defense shifts, right? Linebacker moves out, safety rolls up, defensive line shifts over. Instantly, right before, set! you have to be able to go, oh, that whole play changed. My whole responsibility changed. Now I got a different guy I got to block. And for me, as an offensive lineman, if I don't block him and I get John Elway hurt or hit, I'm selling cars at his dealership and he's still playing. <laughs> Right. That's that's the ultimate how it works. And so when you go into a game plan, you run 10 different running plays, but you're running them against 10 different defenses. You know, it's 100 plays that change like that. And then the same thing for the passing game, you know, from the protection standpoint, you got 100 different variations of deep of plays, essentially, that you have to know within two seconds. And if you, you know, even less than two seconds, a half a second, if you don't get it right 100 percent of the time. Like you don't get to play. And so that ability to process that stuff quickly and make a snap decision and make it right. And then actually block, you know, 300 pound behemoths that want to kill your quarterback. Like there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. And again, it doesn't make you stupid because you don't process information quickly. It, that's a God-given talent, just like being able to run a good 40 or being able to bench 225 a bunch of times. It's a god You have to work at it, of course, but it's a God-given talent. And, and 
I would I would tell you right now on this podcast that the guys who who are great college players who bust in the NFL more often than not can't process information quick enough. That's why they bust. That's why they're not good. Well, it would appear right now that Sam Howell is processing information pretty well because Ron Rivera came out and said the question mark is gone when it comes to the quarterback position. Sam Howell is going to be the starter. And I I would gather that that doesn't really surprise you. You saw Sam Howell last year. You liked him. Yeah. And you knew the yeah, rest, you know, and you knew that Washington liked him. Yeah, that was that was the biggest thing like I've been to, and you know, I did a bunch of Washington games last year, so I've been to practice and watch Sam Howell, you know, like just making, just throwing dimes and, and cutting their defense apart. And their defense is pretty damn good last year. I mean, really, defensive front is phenomenal. And, like they're a much, they're a much better team. They're a lot more talented team than people probably give them credit for. You know, Heineke is a Heineke last year. Like that dude is just the guy you want on your team. Like everybody wants him on their team, they just don't really want him to start, right? Like, but <laughs> right. you really want him. Um, and he's he's just gritty and he's competitive, and you know, and he just he lacks a couple of the requisite you know skill sets that it takes to really kind of take your game to the next level, quarterback in the NFL. But everybody would love to have him as a backup. And then and then Carson Wentz just, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that just seemed to have flamed out, nice guy, nice guy, and everything else, but man just seems to have completely flamed out. But offensively, they're really a lot more talented than people think. Running back position, they got multiple guys that can not only run it but catch the ball. Robinson is an absolute beast. they got three wide receivers who can flat out play. I mean, flat play. Samuel can play. Dotson is a player. He was a first-rounder last year. Um, and then, obviously, Terry McLaurin, scary, uh, t- scary Terry, is, can, can flat play. So – yeah, the the big thing was both both Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, were like, "Let me let me just tell you, this kid can this kid quarterback how we we got something. We don't we're not quite sure what we have, but what we got in practice, like if this translates, um, we got ourselves a player." And they were pretty convinced that he was going to be a player, and you know, and they didn't want to rush him into it and make him play early, but. Um, yeah, that, that they, I think they're pretty confident in Sam Howell. And, and I know last year I witnessed it and I talked to multiple people about it. He cut people up in practice, man. He just cut people up. And you start talking to guys, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers will tell you how I got good at off-platform throws, how I got good, like how coaches got confidence in me and everything else is I went out there and it made it my personal, like I made it my personal mission to absolutely destroy defense every day. And I think that's one of the things that Sam Howell did last year. And, uh, you know, it's it's paying dividends this year. Washington, to me, feels like a, a classic dark horse. They, they really do, to the point where when you look at the NFC East, what's your hierarchy? If it's just assumed that Philadelphia is number one, yeah, how's it shake down two, three, four? I don't, I don't think it's an obvious, you know, Dallas Giants, Washington or Giants, Dallas. I, 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 you just put the names, put the teams in a hat and pick them out. Yeah, this is this is like this feels like what we were talking about last year that didn't come to fruition. You know how we were talking about the AFC West might be the right. best division yep. in the history of football. Yeah. You know they've got they've got you know. Obviously, Mahomes and now Russell Wilson and Derek Carr at the time, and and you know, obviously Herbert. Um, but you know that 
you know, Russell forgot how to play and the Raiders are the Raiders. <laughs> and, you know, the Chargers got a Charger. So, you know, it didn't come true. But tell you what, I went back and watched uh, – I went back and watched uh, the Giants a couple games and watched uh, Daniel Jones play. And I tell you, they've got a couple of guys, Hodgins, who's, who really came on last year. Was a, they, they made a trade for him. I think Joe Shane – or Joe Shane, excuse me – their GM traded for Buffalo, or maybe they picked him up. He got released, whatever it was. Um, he really started playing well and had a connection with Daniel Jones. Um, and then, you know, they got rid of a couple of guys at receiver, but they've got a couple of tight ends. They went out and got Waller, who's a, a beast. Bellinger is a kid they drafted last year. He's a really good player. Like, I went and watched, and, and that offense, and again, it's preseason, but that offense looked pretty pretty well-oiled and, and you're right i mean you look at washington their d-line is absolutely beastly i talked i already talked about the wide receivers i mean i just assume dallas is going to take a dump in their helmets so you know they'll have a really good i mean you know dallas will be a playoff team right but the, that's about it they'll you know they'll win their 11 games or 12 games so and then ranked ranked the ranked the division for me if you had to handicap it right now one through four mm-hmm I probably I probably would go I probably would go Philly obviously one then I probably go Dallas Giants Washington um, Washington based on a young quarterback there's going to be some growing pains there um, I think the Giants based on hey they know what they have in Daniel Jones and it, it's only going to grow I think but they they're not going to put too much on his plate um, and I think Dallas is that talented so that's probably the way I'd go, but I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see any one of those teams, you know, jump over another team. I still think Philly is Philly's got that big a rotation on their defensive line. They're that solid. Their their O line can play. Um, they can run the ball. They they just do they just do pretty much everything well. So I, I still think they're the class of that division. But I think that I think the I think it's tightened up quite a bit. Let's talk. continue to talk about your favorite subject, NFL quarterbacks, because uh, they are the most important players on any football yes. team. <laughs> yeah. You and Tonga Viola got into a war words with uh, a, an FOS, a friend of Stink, Ryan Clark, from your ESPN uh-huh. days. And Clark called out Tua, saying that Tua doesn't appear to be in the best of shape and that he spent too much time this offseason getting tattoos. Tua fired back by saying, quote, I'd appreciate if you kept my name out of your mouth. That's what Mm. I'd say. So yet again, proof that the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing has now become a part of all-time American uh, lexicon. Keep your wife's name out of your damn mouth. Aaron Rodgers used it in talking about Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton. Now you got Tua. Uh, Where are you at with Tua? Is this a quarterback who is ascending into the elite category or somebody that's just kind of in that middle of the pack group? I, you know, with the, with the concussion issues and the missing time and like, I'll be honest, I was never a two a guy to begin with. And he was a lot better. He played a lot better than I had anticipated him playing. And, you know, we all kind of laughed. I think everybody laughed when, 
Tyreek Hill came out last year and said, ah, two is the best deep ball thrower I've ever been around, you know, or whatever it was. And you're like, you just played with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's (laughs) – come on now. Come on. Revisionist history. Um, But I was like – I was kind of flabbergasted by how good Tua was because I just never was much of a Tua guy. I, it, every throw just looked – it just felt uh, – maybe it's just the left-handed nature, but yeah, it's gonna, mechanically, yeah. mechanically, every throw just looks labored. Like it looks like he's – Big wind-up and, and – yeah. Yeah, but he was deadly accurate on the, you know, on the, on the slant stuff, the quick stuff, the, the crossing game that's a big part of their offense off the play action stuff. And he did, he did have a you know good deep ball that he threw. If he could stay healthy, I think, I think two has got a chance to be really good with the speed they have at the receiver game. Mike McDaniels is a, a super smart coach. My former ball boy, um, man, I hope I was nice to him when he was a ball boy. <laughs> with if the Broncos, I, I, right? Yeah. I, I hope I get a Miami game just so, I can sit down with Mike McDaniel because it, it just is so odd to me. And cause I remember him like he was yet. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember exactly, you know, I mean, I was shocked when they said, yeah, that guy's the ball boy. And then they had it on channel nine. They had the whole thing with him being a ball boy. And I was like, Oh my God, I know exactly who that dude is. So it'll, it'll be great, but he's a really good coach. Really does a great job. Uh, he's quirky, don't get me wrong, but he does a really good job of tying their run game um, into, you know, into the jet sweep game, into the the play action game, into the quarterback run game. Like, it, it's so tied together. And when you can do that and, and you can make – and this sounds easy. When you can make everything look the same, but you've got you've to call it to where – the O-line doesn't give away. Like, it, it feels – everything feels the same. Like, that's when you know you're a really good play designer, when you can make everything to a defense look identical, just look like perfectly the same. And I think that's one of his big strengths is his ability to design things, his ability to figure out, you know, how to attack a team in a run game. And then, you know, in, in week to week, you, you may say, hey, man, this game plan wise, this is how they play this particular front, whatever the front is. And the, the way they play this, this is where we can attack them, where we're going to get yards. Here's how we're going to do it. And off of that particular play, even though it's in, you know, it's in our menu of plays. Right. But we're going to we're going to tweak it a little bit. We're going to you know change maybe the entry point of the back, whatever it is. And now we're going to have the perfect play action set up off of that defense. And now what we're going to do is we're going to motion and we're going to personnel-wise, we're going to get into a personnel group. We're going to motion into a formation that we know they're going to play this front. And this is how we're going to attack that front. And then we're going to do it again and again and again. And then we're going to do it again and we're going to put a play action off of it. And I guarantee you, this is what Kyle Shanahan does all the time. I guarantee you this is going to go for 26 yards and a touchdown. Just watch. And they run it four times and they get the look that they're looking for. You know, they're on the 26-yard line touchdown. I mean, it, it is – it, it his dad did it. Kyle does it. Mike McDaniel worked with, with Kyle Shanahan forever and, and with, with Mike Shanahan. He does it. it. They do a really good job of that. So let me see if I get this straight. While you were playing for the Broncos, winning back-to-back Super Bowls, you had at one time or another running around as kids, teenagers, Mike McDaniel. Um, Kyle Shanahan. Christi- Kyle Shanahan. Christian McCaffrey. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. All running around as just kids out there on the, yeah. the practice field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So they probably owe everything where they're at now to you, correct? I mean, they owe a like, lot to you me. You like yes. to take credit for this kind of stuff. Yeah. So. I, well, a ton because they learn. They learn watching me. They learn how to be professional. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. not from their father, not from Mike, not from <laughs> Ed McCaffrey. Uh, <laughs> they really learned that the professionalism from yours truly. Papa I think they, they also looked me. at. They used to call me also, Papa Bear. Papa Bear. They also looked at and said, "Man, all that does, the guy does is spend time in in, in cold baths and getting rehab. So we want to maybe go a different right. route and maybe uh, be on the coaching side of it." Uh, one one quick thought about the Chiefs. Chris Jones, their uh, their uh, Pro Bowl defensive lineman, came out and said he is prepared to sit out until Week Eight of the mm. regular season that he's willing to forfeit his weekly game check, which is a little over a million dollars because in his words, quote, I can afford it. Uh, you come back for week eight because you want to make sure that you get that year of service time towards right. your, um, towards your pension and everything like that. So that's the magic number. Do you see him holding true to this threat and, and holding out or does eventually the player come crawling back? Does it always work out this way? Um, no, I can see him holding up. I, I get, I think he'll come back, but I think he'll get a deal. And like, he is such a valuable part of that. Deal. Remember at the end of the year, they're winning a Super Bowl. They got seven rookies playing on defense. I mean, they got th- their whole defensive backfield. Essentially. They had a bunch of guys that were just young players. You know, they get into dime and they'd have like a linebacker and six rookie DBs or something. I mean, it was it was crazy. Uh, maybe it was a linebacker and one D lineman and five rookie DBs. It was it was something crazy like that. It was playing for them. But Chris Jones is like Chris Jones is a focal point. Like when you're playing the Ram, when you're excuse me the Rams when you're playing the Chiefs, um, and you break the huddle like the Rams, there's one dude you're looking for as an offense. I mean you instantly break the huddle and you say okay where is it in the chiefs case what is he number 95 where's 95 like we got to find that son of a gun and we got to have a every play you think about like aaron donald you think about chris jones every play you have to have a plan of how we're going to block him every pass protection every run game like how how do we get four hands on him meaning how are we going to double team him and like the value of that guy, they don't have on Kansas City doesn't have another guy that does that for them. And so, you know, I know I, I think Kansas City's slow playing it. I, I think the Chiefs will get it done um, eventually. But yeah, the, he's a guy that they need. He's a, he's a guy that has great value to that defense. So the, he, they need, I think they need him. Believe it or not, I think Kansas City needs him more than he needs them right now. It's a great standoff. You've got Chris Jones. He's got one year left on his contract, making about mm-hmm. $19.5 But he's coming off a year in which he just had 15 and a half sacks. His value will, will never be higher. And so this is this is a classic standoff, right? And yeah. uh, you think you think eventually it'll be the Chiefs that blink first. I, I do. And remember, man, he's not your prototypical D-end. He is like a three, four DN. So he's, he's sliding in over guards. Like he's an inside. I don't think of, I think of him as not a edge player. He's an outside, he's an inside like defensive tackle type player. 
and to get 15 and a half sacks when you're inside and you're always doubled, you know, he beat like it, the, the best defensive lineman in football right now. If you, if you were grading guys, you know, you would talk, you would talk Aaron Donald first. And I'm not so sure you wouldn't put Chris Jones number two. Uh, folks, this is the part of the show you're going to love because I'm getting ready to just make Mark's head explode right here on the podcast. But Mark, Chris Jones still is got one year left on his contract. The contract that right. he signed doesn't his name doesn't he have any any value to his name? Any honor to his name? He put his name on that contract. He needs to honor that contract. You need to honor. That's a great point, Mike. <laughs> honor the contract. Uh, you know, I, I'm going. I'm flying out to Green Bay tonight. I'm leaving Alaska, flying out to Green Bay. And one of my favorite players, um, maybe you've heard of him, Bobby Wagner from Utah State, you know, going to be a Hall of Famer, perennial All-Pro. Last year, this is the craziest thing. He's back in Seattle, by the way. One year with the Rams. He spent one year with the Rams. He signed a five-year, like $60, $70 million contract with the Rams. They cut him after one year. <laughs> like it, It's the craziest thing that... For the player, you can do that, and nobody seems to have an issue. But if the player says, "Hey, man, I have outperformed this contract. I want more money," um, you know, he should honor it. Uh, the teams, no, with teams, no. we don't need you guys to honor it. But the players, on the other hand, we need you to honor it. So I hope Chris, for hey, for the Broncos' sake, I hope Chris Jones sits out the entire year, and I hope uh, you know, and I hope that uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, are horrible. I doubt that that's <laughs> going to happen, but that's my hope. Well, safe trip from uh, Anchorage, Alaska to Green Bay, Wisconsin. I assume that's not a direct flight. No, I fly to Chicago. I've got about a half hour layover. So I'm going to have to, in the morning, all you know, bleary eyed. I'm going to have to jump out of the plane and hightail across uh, across the, the terminal there and find, because, you know, the, the plane to Green Bay is one of them little puddle jumper, you know, jets. So that's probably a 40 minute flight to Green Bay. And then, uh, yeah, and then I'll meet with the Seahawks and kind of hang out. It'll be good. It'll be a good, uh, a good time. And then you know, it's all Seahawks broadcast. They don't even care if you know who the Packers are. So no, no, um, no. Yeah. Well, have a good fun. call. Have a good call. Anchorage Thank to you, Chicago. How long of a flight is that? Uh, I think it's six hours and change. I believe six and a half hours. Something okay. like that. Yeah. All right. Well, safe yeah. travels, and Thank you, buddy. Uh, for all the people, for all the people there in Seattle that are watching this, uh, get ready. You're going to get a big day, a taste of uh, stink uh, over the weekend. You're going to be doing the local broadcast back to uh, Seattle, so enjoy that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of great storylines. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they should have a really good team. I just talked to, as a matter of fact, I just talked to uh, Eric Yarbrough, who is the wide receiver coach for the Rams. Just called me, just because the Rams are practicing against Denver. So he just called. He goes, "Are you coming over? Are you coming over?" And I go, "Hey, man, I'm from Alaska." So we caught up, but he's like, hey, man, we're, we're going to bounce back. We're going to be pretty good this year. Yarbs, and Yarbs wouldn't lie to me about that. He was a, he's a vandal. Um, so he's one of the great vandals. So that division, uh, speaking of, of divisions that could be good, we talked about the NFC East. I think the NFC West with the, with the Rams and obviously San Francisco is the kind of the class. Seattle is not going to be a slouch. Seattle is going to be – they're going to be pretty damn good. So – that, that division, Arizona, but the rest of that division, I think, is going to be pretty good. Well, have a good call.
Thank you, buddy. Hey, for everybody involved in the Sync Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys so much. Please uh, download, click, subscribe, whatever it is you do. We would appreciate that. You got to subscribe more. I don't, I don't think we have enough subscribers. So <laughs> if Mike and I are going to make extra money, you guys got to yes. step up your game. Please, please. Right? Step your game up. And I mean that. Because Mike, look at I got to buy Mike a new shirt because that's awful. I, 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 that's I, a Bronco I, shirt. It's a Bronco. Well, thought, am, I, am I violating trademarks or something here? I don't know. I thought I thought that was a. I just assumed that orange was a Q's shirt. Yeah, I, yeah. I assumed you were in Q's. Did yeah. Russell Wilson give that to you and say, "I need baby"? I need to you. He said, I "He need. goes, let's ride, let's ride, let's ride, let's ride, man." Mike, wear the Later. shirt. Let's ride. Later. You look good. You look good. We can, we need to make a fun for Mike, a new shirt for Mike. Let's go, people. <laughs> All right. Take care, buddy.